1: That's something you often see depicted in documentaries or movies like Jurassic Park, is you'll see something like a T-Rex. It'll have its mouth closed, and you'll see all of its teeth still sticking out of its mouth.
0: Mike, do you have a favorite dinosaur?
1: You
2: know, Lauren, that's a question I've never really given much thought to. But since you ask, I'll throw one out there. I've always thought pterodactyls were pretty cool. How about you?
0: Oh, that's a that's a good answer. That's a deep cut. Well, ever since I saw The Land Before Time, uh, I've been a fan of the Triceratops because of the character Sarah. She's a very bossy dinosaur.
2: Okay, so you're saying your favorite dinosaur is animated.
0: Yeah, I I guess that's what I'm saying, yeah. And sometimes I actually find it hard to believe that dinosaurs really existed. In my mind, they're, you know, cartoon characters like Sarah or big screen monsters like the ones in Jurassic Park. But they are real and possibly trendier than I gave them credit for.
2: Trendier? Trendier?
0: Yeah. Uh, So did you know that lip augmentation procedures have skyrocketed in the past 20 years? In 2015, there was a procedure once every 20 minutes.
2: And now you've really lost me. What exactly (laughs) does lip augmentation have to do with dinosaurs?
0: Okay, that's a good question, Mike. Uh, But so today we're covering a headline about the Tyrannosaurus Rex and its newly discovered lips.
2: I see. Go on.
0: Thomas Cullen, an associate professor at Auburn University in Alabama, is one of the researchers who made this lip discovery. They published their findings in the Science Journal this March.
2: And he joined us here at Something Offbeat so we could learn more about why these lips stayed hidden for so long. You just heard from Lauren. She's one of our producers. I'm your host, Mike Rogers.
1: T hey Rex, tell me about that. What is a theropod? Theropods, the group of uh, dinosaurs that includes everything from T. rex all the way to birds. All the way to birds. Okay. Birds today are descendants of one smaller group of theropods, but it refers to sort of all of the two-legged, vaguely bird-like dinosaurs. So it doesn't include the ones with the long necks or like the triceratops type ones. That's a different group, but all the sort of bipedal ones, those are the theropods. Tell me about this study that we're talking about today. I guess it was out of the journal Science. What have we learned about them? Yeah. So what we did in our study is we were looking at the question of whether these animals had any soft tissues covering their teeth. So colloquially, if they had lips or not. When we started this project many years back, sort of it started kind of as a bar conversation or just conversation around the around the lunch table. We were thinking about how do people like what evidence is there one way or another for this? Is there anything? And so we started looking into it a little bit. And it turned out there wasn't a whole lot in the past, way back people had reconstructed images of dinosaurs actually having lips, sort of like a lizard or or any other kind of um, like land animal and their teeth wouldn't be exposed. But then sort of since the 80s and including like Jurassic Park and since then, it became very popular to present them with their teeth sort of sticking out like that. And it looked like one of the main reasons for this was that crocodilians are one of the closest living animals to dinosaurs today that still has teeth. So birds don't have teeth. So they're not really great for this question. But crocodilians all have teeth that stick out of their mouth when their mouth's closed. They don't have any like gummy lips or anything. And so that was sort of the inspiration. I think a lot of people were using, but we wanted to see, can we design an experiment or look at a few different lines of evidence to actually test this idea? And what we found is that most of the evidence points towards them having lips and those lips being not at all like ours, but more like something like a lizard.
2: You mentioned evidence, but
1: what evidence, how were you able to prove or disprove something like this? So we used a few different lines of evidence. One line of evidence was to look at the microstructure of the teeth. So much like ourselves, when you go to the dentist and the dentist will lecture us about taking care of our teeth or else our enamel will thin or or to, to not eat certain foods or this or that, there are various things that can make your teeth break down through usage. And one of those things is exposure to air. If your teeth are not kept moist, the enamel is a little bit more brittle. And over time, that will mean that it will tend to thin out a bit. In animals like crocodilians, the enamel that's on the side of their teeth that faces outwards and away from the mouth tends to be proportionally thinner than in the inside of their mouth. And that's because it's kept sort of moist by their breath, even though they don't have lips. In animals that do have lips, the enamel tends to be equal thickness on the inside and outside because it's always kept in a moist environment.
0: I want to take a little break here because I really think we should be able to picture these teeth. Great idea.
2: How are we going to do that?
0: Well, I bet we can all probably picture our own teeth. Dentists from Smile Care Plymouth in the UK estimate that the central incisor, that's our front tooth, is around 0.35 inches wide and 0.4 inches long.
2: Okay, I don't have a ruler handy, but that sounds about right.
0: So saltwater crocodiles have much bigger teeth. They can grow to be around 5 inches long, according to Oceana. And since they don't have access to toothpaste, those teeth are often... Um, A bit more colorful in appearance than human teeth. Um, And now the T-Rex, of course, they have even bigger teeth, around 12 inches long.
2: I know that humans typically have 32 teeth, so I'm guessing the T-Rex had even more than that.
0: Correct. They had 60 foot long fangs. 60
2: of them. Each one a foot long. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a lot of flossing.
0: (laughs) That is.
1: We took the teeth of things like tyrannosaurs, so we took a relative of T-Rex in this case, and we cut a tooth in half, thinned it down really, really thin to look under a microscope. And we examined the enamel on both sides of the tooth to see if it was more like an animal with lips or more like an animal without lips. And we found that it was more like an animal that has lips. So its tooth enamel was sort of similar thickness on both sides. That was one line of evidence. Another argument that's been made over the years is that particularly for animals like T-Rex, that their teeth might've simply been too big to possibly fit in their mouth and be covered by lips, there always have to be something sticking out. We tested that idea by comparing the relative size of the teeth of T-Rex and other theropods to the relative size of their skull and seeing how that scales and look if that relationship of that scaling is similar to animals today that we know for sure had lips. So in that case, we used monitor lizards because some of the larger monitor lizards actually have teeth that are proportionally gigantic. So they're larger relative to the size of their own heads than a T-Rex's tooth is to the size of its head. And every one of them has lips. And then another line of evidence we used, the third main one in the paper, is that you get these sort of features on the jawbone, these little pits. And these pits are where the blood and the nerve supply is sort of housed when the animal is alive. So these lips, describe them for me. Are they, are
2: they something that we would recognize as lips? Or are they, they big, puffy Kim Kardashian
1: lips? What would they look like? Not at all. Uh, No, it, w- it would be more just like a extension of the existing sort of scaly skin if you just imagine that kind of going down a bit further the mouth forms sort of a seal between the top and the bottom and the teeth end up being hidden it would be more like that so if if you think of the face of like um various different types of lizards or even like a salamander or something where when it closes its mouth there's just kind of like a line there and it's the same sort of skin you would have on the rest of the face on top and bottom it's like that there's no distinctive difference between the face skin and the lip skin, the way it is in in a, a human being or a mammal where mammals are a little weird because we have lips that are very muscular. So we can actually move ours around and we can talk and we can smile and frown. And they wouldn't be able to do that. They, they would have just sort of scales and skin coming down and forming a pretty, just like a seal. And that's about it. So not
2: really noticeable, but more than we've been led to believe.
1: Yeah. The only real difference in terms of appearance would be that the teeth would be covered. That would be the the most notable difference in appearance. And all this
2: began is curiosity. This was bar talk, right?
1: Yeah, we all had our own individual projects we're working on, and it just so happened that there was sort of the right mixture of people with different sets of expertise that once we started talking, we were able to get a project going to actually sort of combine our lines of expertise together and, and test some of these ideas. Now, this project may have started as
2: small talk at the bar, but Cullen says it could have implications for all different types of research in the future. But we wanted to know how scientists came up with that original
1: model in the first place. So there's certainly a lot of inference that goes into it. I think a lot of the ideas and the popular depictions of T. rex, they came in many cases from, from fossils and from like science looking at other animals. It just so happened that the model that was popular in the 80s at the time when Jurassic Park was being made, just happened to be the one that they used because they were trying to do things sort of as close to correct as they could. And that franchise became so popular that it really cemented that image into people's minds going forward.
0: There's also the famous T-Rex, Sue, who I loved to visit at the Field Museum in Chicago when I was a kid. Have you ever seen her?
2: I have. Uh, You know, they dug her up in South Dakota on a ranch that was owned by a woman named Sue. That's how she got her name. You could save that one for your next appearance on Jeopardy.
0: Nice. Thanks, Mike.
2: When you uh, watch those Jurassic Park movies, do you roll your eyes or
1: are you into it? I think it depends which one. If the if like the story and the writing's good enough, I'm yeah, I don't mind. I I don't mind it not being a documentary. <laughs> but and so I'm certainly more willing to forgive I think some of the early Jurassic Parks, the more recent ones I found have been have had problems that have nothing to do with the way the dinosaurs depicted. <laughs> So I've I've just like not enjoyed them as films, but I don't mind so much if they're if they're not like scientifically accurate. What are some of those misconceptions?
2: What's the wildest misconception that we have about dinosaurs? Hmm. Um,
1: single thing. Uh, I don't know. Um, I guess the way that they're often depicted as being sort of like monsters, I think it's probably the single biggest misconception about them, that they're often they're often bloodthirsty, like always fighting each other. Do you think there'd be differences in other species if we
2: could go back 70 or 80 million years? Would we step out of the time machine and say, wow, that's not anything like what we thought it would look like?
1: Yeah, I think for sure. We are able to get things, I think, reasonably correct on a lot of aspects of their appearance. But there's always going to be things that don't fossilize well. There's all sorts of things that I think very flashy sort of appearances that we don't have a good handle on and we don't have a good way of using the fossils to predict. And why the T Rex? What is our fascination with the T Rex? T-Rex is very notable as a dinosaur in, in many ways. It's one of the largest predatory dinosaurs that ever lived, one of the largest predatory land animals to ever live. So it's it's notable in that respect. It has a historical sort of context where a lot of the other big theropod predators that have been found that are sort of rivaled in size, many of them were not discovered for many, many, many decades after T-Rex. So it, it sort of had like a, a historical staying power that it was one of the earlier ones found. It really entered the public imagination got into museums, things like that, at a, an early stage, and any animal that's sort of a competitor for it in that sort of class often didn't come up until like a hundred years later or, or fifty years later or something. So I think that's a big part of it: is that it was kind of the first really big, impressive, like super predator dinosaur that was that was found. Is its fearsome reputation deserved? In general, I think so. Um, again, with the caveat that. In real life, it would have behaved like any other kind of predatory animal. It's a pretty terrifying animal, and I certainly wouldn't want to like run across one, even though I doubt it would care much, or see us as much uh, as a food item. No, I think it's a pretty well-deserved reputation.
2: I'm Mike Rogers, and thanks for listening to Something Off Beats. This episode written and produced by Lauren Barry and Chris Blake, audio editing by Chris Blake, original music by Myron Kaplan, and editorial support from Cooper Mall. Now to keep listening, please subscribe to us on the Odyssey app or Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have your own offbeat story that you think we should cover, please send it to us at Something somethingoffbeats.com at odyssey that's a-u-d-a-c-y dot com baseball is in full swing nba playoffs are heating up and your nfl team is gearing up for training camp listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the odyssey app the biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand